Uh, very good morning to you and hello again. It's Oliver Callan here until 10 o'clock this morning. It is a Thursday now. It is 20 days deep into July. Uh, the weather is scattered, just scattered. Whatever's happening, very scattered. And the mood is, we're getting on with things. 51551, that is the text. And you can text studio, then your message to 80889 if you're in the north of Ireland or 88. I think they have that number specifically from the north, don't they? 80889. And there's parts of the north where it's like, you know, eight starts with a Y. So it's yet, yet zero, yet, yet nine. That's the way that would start. I saw a lad um, this morning when he was coming in, walking to work in an overcoat. So that is the definition of despair and disappointment. Pulling on an overcoat before you go outside in Dublin in July. There was no scarf now, mind you. Now, we wouldn't be putting on the scarves till, oh, till about August, I suppose. What was it Billy Connolly used to say about Scotland? Is We've two seasons June and winter, which which could have applied to us for, for a time, for a time there anyway. Uh, thank you to the news people, of course, for playing a clip of Pascal Donoghue just before I go on. Because usually when I'm in here, the, the texts come in looking for a bit of Pascal. So thank you very much. And I hadn't heard uh, Pascal in a while and it was very nice to hear his voice. And I listen out every time and you learn a new thing when you're listening to Pascal that he's going more and more North Dublin uh, he is from Fibsborough, of course. Fibsborough spelled O or O at the end, not the G-H. I don't use the G-H. That's for other people in poor, in Fibsborough. So he goes more north side Dublin. There's more. Um, there's more of a flex of that. Now, I'm, I'm interested in the weather tomorrow because I'm heading to West Cork for the weekend. So I'm anxiously refreshing the weather apps. And, you know, they always, Aaron always tells us, you know, five days in advance would be the maximum predictions they can do. So now we're in the danger zone where now I'm going no the weather for Saturday isn't changing it's not changing at all so Met Aaron says it's just going to rain everywhere from 3 o'clock in the morning early hours of Friday and then just all day Saturday with lots of wind just lashing up against Skull and uh, the whole southwest uh, southwesterly just bashing into the southwest so so then you do what you normally you go to the other app for looking for better news in the hopes that Met Aaron is wrong and I use dot. NO, which is the Norwegian state forecast, a favourite among the hikers who put me onto this one. So you're kind of thinking, oh, yeah, the Norwegians with their stat oil, trusty, sturdy Norwegians. But it's the same story there. And I'm seeing here in the in the press today that um, we're not the only people addicted to the weather. The whole world is, is just like Irish people. We're obsessed with the weather. But we're addicted to weather apps. And about 50% of people with smartphones, half of all people with smartphones, have more than one weather app and are checking it more often than seems logical. And on social media now, there's as much chat about weather apps, and which is the best one, as there is about the weather. And much of it is the, the ire about inaccurate forecasts. But of course, as we know, when the southwesterly blows and there's scattered showers, it's nearly impossible to tell where the rain is going to land. Uh, but uh, Met Aaron's rainfall radar, I think, is the most trusty thing. If you're looking for the next few hours, you're looking at a match or something. So you can see roughly the the rain, rain the radar. You can see the blue ominous um, squall of rain heading towards you. And you can see it in the in the hours coming in. And also, one and a half billion in revenue is what weather apps will make. That's just in America for 2023. And the psychiatrist has been talking about this and. Um, 
Her name is Anna Lembke and she's a psychiatrist and she's the author of Dopamine Nation. Of course she is. She says weather apps are very attractive to our dopamine seeking brains. Either the shot that makes you feel happy and relaxed and happy with yourself. Not just the quantification, but also the way that the numbers are displayed, the graphs and the charts. The brain has a way of really glomming on to the numbers. That's what she says is why we're getting hooked on weather apps. There's a sort of a feeling that, OK, I'm, I've got the no. I, I know what's happening here. Also, glomming on to is, is, your, is our word of the day. Let's face it. Now, um, we were talking yesterday that Nigeria... There's a sweep of Guinness World Record mania affecting them in, in Nigeria and there's all sorts of things. Now we have an Irish story of somebody heading over to Africa. It's a Limerick-based harpist and um, she is a Siobhan Brady and she's landed in Tanzania and she's trying to beat her own Guinness World Record. You see, this is what Tommy Tiernan should have done. We were discussing yesterday because he was uh, he's done 36 hours of stand-up in a row. But it was uh, he was beaten then 40 hours by an American comedian. So Siobhan Brady is not very happy with um, her highest ever altitude of a harp performance. Highest altitude harp performance. 2018, five years ago, she did it in India, 16,000 feet. So she's heading off now to break the record. She's going to Mount Kilimanjaro and she's starting the hike today. So the best of luck to Siobhan Brady, the Irish examiner telling us she's out of Limerick and uh, she's, uh, she played her harp at 4,000, nearly 5,000 metres in the Himalayas and it was in aid of a cystic fibrosis charity. And so here she is playing the Napog medley from there, a piece by Anne-Marie O'Farrell. The Napog medley, beautiful thing. It almost sounds like the weather, doesn't it, up there? So the best look to her, she's um, going up with Caroline Heffernan, who's a patient advocate at Cystic Fibrosis Ireland and has CF herself. Uh, so the best look to the, to the harpist on Mount Kilimanjaro, setting a new Guinness World Record, we hope, uh, beating her own. So great, great success. 51551 is our text, by the way. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas, they're the latest celebs that we have on our, in Ireland at the moment. Um, and they're the kind of among the wealthy people trying to escape all the heat waves coming here for the anyway they're out golfing uh, where are they here in this photograph and look Tralee Golf Course um, they're there having the crack they've been married now for 23 years according to this story and uh, where they're staying in a dare manor of course they are and they're out playing golf and uh, Michael Douglas got, well he's in a baseball cap and glass he can't tell much he kind of looks a bit Bill Gatesy weirdly so a very very old Bill Gates probably not that much of an age gap between them. They're the latest celebrity spotter, so um, go around there and annoy them if you can around Limerick, but you won't see them past the gates of Adair Manor, let's face it. Harry Clark is someone that I vaguely know about. He's an international renowned stained glass artist. So apparently Dublin City Council are uh, looking to, they're working with, with Board Falcher, Falcher Ireland, uh, on a new museum for Harry Clark. He hasn't had his museum, despite being vaunted all around the world. Uh, so they're going to use the former premises of the Dublin Writers Museum, which is on Parnell Square in North Dublin. And um, they're hoping to display stained glass and devote, you know, a museum in his memory and to his story. The six windows he made for Bewley's Cafe in Grafton Street, pretty famous. They have an estimated value of a million euro. They were the subject of a legal dispute recently. But in many regards, apparently, according to RT.ie this morning, his greatest achievement would be the Geneva window, which was commissioned by the Free State. Uh, 1922 to um, 37, whenever we changed the name. 
And um, it's in Miami, unfortunately, the, you know, his most famous work. So he was from Dublin, Harry Clark, but he died in 1931. He was only 41 with all that work behind him. And there's loads of work um, across the world, in America and England and Australia and, and loads of churches in Ireland. I know the Church of Carrick Cross is, is pure Harry Clark. That's um, how I sort of knew his name. So he's around the place as well. And the, the, that museum, 2026 would be the, would be the, the plans for that one. Now, uh, where, do you, where do teenagers get their news? I didn't know teenagers even get any news, but for those teenagers who are getting their news, they're getting it from TikTok. Of course they are. Uh, new research from Ofcom, which is the, um, the equivalent of our Comareg here in, in, in Ireland, um, have found that um, it's the most single, most used single source of news across all platforms, including television and print and so on, that they're barely seeing it. It's the most popular with young people. So nearly a third of all teenagers are using TikTok at the moment and they get all their news content from it. Now, it sounds sometimes bad when you go, oh, they're getting it from social media, but it's because the kind of trusted news sources, which in the case of the UK is the BBC, is on TikTok and that's where they're getting their news. And the BBC has the highest reach of any news organisation among the age group. 39% of the teenagers on TikTok are getting their news from the BBC. But it's, of course, it's in the news because um, the British government, I think the American government as well, and ministers in the EU have banned their ministers from using TikTok because it's a Chinese-owned video sharing app on the work phones after a security review. TikTok is owned by a Chinese company ByteDance, but they say we don't share our data with China but uh, the counter argument is um, Beijing's intelligence laws requires the companies over there to help the Communist Party when they request it so there's there's the key thing there uh, obviously loads of sport happening as well good luck to Shane Lowry and the Irish contingent in the Open today this is the British Open but you're supposed to call it the Open if you're a golf nut because it's just the Open and likewise uh, Ireland in the Women's World Cup yes we'll talk about that uh, it's relevant to our song this morning we're going to open up Small pool, uh, playing pool of Irish women to choose from, but the Irish spirit will endure and uh, they don't disappoint. It's coming up very soon. And uh, there's a text from Buncrana. We toured around the Nishon Peninsula in beautiful weather yesterday. You, you, could you believe it? You never know what the Irish weather says, Roisin. Yes, if you get precious, uh, beautiful weather in the Nishon Peninsula, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. And Mike and Roscommon says, windy.com is your only man. So thanks, Mike and Rascom and Windy.com. I, I presume it just does more than the wind. <laughs> or maybe it's, you know, this could be a slagging. Maybe it really exists. Who knows? Uh, Some of these does exist, sadly, is artificial intelligence. And um, every time it comes up, AI, people go, well, it's Skynet, isn't it? And the robots are going to take over the world. Uh, Skynet being the fictional uh, AI in the Terminator films. And the Terminator director, James Cameron, who's a very mouthy director, he's been weighing in on everything lately. He's saying, look at... I warned you fellas in 1984 and you didn't listen to me. And now he says, we're all, we're all screwed. You didn't listen. Weaponization of AI is the biggest danger. I think we get into the equivalent of a nuclear arms race with AI. If we, um, if we don't build it, the other guys are going to build it for sure and then it's going to escalate. The other guys, I wonder who's, who he's othering there. But anyway, back to the Hollywood, which would be more relevant to James Cameron, let's face it, you know, the world of fiction and writing. And I think it's interesting what he's saying, because obviously there is a fear at the moment that uh, Hollywood studios and that book publishers will just use AI because it basically like is, is kind of it's theft in a way. It just uh, scans the whole Internet and um, plops out a novel or whatever piece of writing you want in the style of whatever you prompt it to do. So he's saying, look, it's no there's no issue who's going to write it. The question is, is it a good story? I just personally don't believe that a disembodied mind of AI that's just regurgitating with other things it's found on the internet um, are, are you know, going to put it into a world salad and regurgitate it. I don't believe that's something that's going to move an audience. So he's kind of hopeful that it's not going to 
take us all down. Something that might benefit from AI is uh, country music in America. If they just got AI to write all the songs, they might actually improve things. There's a fellow called Jason Aldean, who we shouldn't know. He's a US country star. And he's across the news now because he's come out to deny that his new, new music video is pro-lynching. Right, OK. So um, his, his song, he's an anti-Black Lives Matter fella himself, basically. And he's written an anthem that's anti-Black Lives Matter and apparently promotes vigilante gun violence. So basically it's called Try That in a Small Town. And it's been pulled off air by Country Music Television, which is a huge channel, as you can imagine, over there. Uh, but he's rejected the criticism, says it's meritless, it's dangerous to claim. But Cheryl Crow has said, no, no, they're right to pull it off. You've been promoting violence in your song. It's a song he put out in May, but the video came out on Friday and immediately began drawing a backlash. Why? Because it features clips of masked protesters, Molotov cocktails being thrown and a burning American flag, as well as CCTV images of robbery. So he's kind of presenting one version of the Black Lives Matter, which started as a protest and there were riots on the side of it. And if you're anti-Black Lives Matter, you called all the protests riots uh, or and you called them uh, protests if you're on the pro-Black Lives Matter. So you can see what's going on here. But I'm interested in the try that in a small town as the sort of, uh, you know, try that around here kind of thing. Let's have a little, little clip to the offending, the offending article. Stomping on the flag thing. If you weren't really paying attention to the lyrics there, you think this is a lovely, gentle, middle of the road, middle of the road song. Uh, we get along nicely. But anyway, um, it is. It's, it's, it's upset people, and uh, he has kind of well, he hasn't apologised for it, and he's not going to um, stop singing the song. And of course, try that in a small town is now number one on Apple's iTunes download chart in America. This is monetizing the culture wars. It's kind of like if you get loads of people paying attention, and of course they'll go out and support them. Country songs, yeah, drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life comes to mind as the kind of uh, those sappy, uh, you know, embarrassing country songs. Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life and mean nothing this song. I also think um, try that in a small town is a bit of a, you won't get away with that around here. It's kind of an American version of, you won't get away with that around here now. Go on. Because you wouldn't kind of say, you wouldn't uh, uh, kind of risk someone saying, try that here now, try that here. You go, you won't get away with that. More direct the Americans would be sort of, try, try me, try me, son. Um, uh, Universe Studios, yes, off to the safer confines. Um, so don't mean to make fun of country music. Good morning, Mayo and Westmeath. Um, uh, off to the, the writer strikes. Universal Studios, this is an interesting one. So you know they're out picketing and obviously strikes require marching up and down the street with your, with your pickets and your, your, your signs and all that sort of stuff. So it's not easy to do in a heat wave in Los Angeles, as you can imagine. 33 degrees, oh, that's not even a heat wave compared to what they're getting in Italy. But um, the, 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 the unions representing the writers, the striking writers and actors have said, have accused Universal Studios of um, trimming their trees all of a sudden to expose the strikers to a heatwave. And Universal Studios says, no, absolutely not. There's no truth to this. We just happen to be trimming the trees. Nothing, we did not do this on purpose. And you can see, I've seen pictures where there were trees, big row of them providing lots of shade. They've trimmed them, not providing any shade now in July. And uh, the LA City controllers have got involved and said, well, 
Actually, you can't cut trees here unless you get a trimming permit. No tree trimming permits have been issued over the last three years for the location. We haven't issued any tree trimming permits. So all of a sudden, they've cut the trees, exposed the strikers to um, intense sunlight, and uh, but they've denied any involvement in it. So there you go. This is the sort of little stories that happen that outbreak uh, when strikes are going on, do you know? Robbie Williams, is um, he's been hailing Irish act CMAT. We've actually played CMAT on the show here only recently. Uh, she's Kira Mary Alice Thompson, an Irish artist. She won the Choice Music Prize for the Irish Album of the Year 2022 for her debut album, If My Wife Knew I'd Be Dead. CMAT spent the summer touring Europe, according to entertainment.ie, on the festival circuit and putting the finishing touches to her album. So she released a song there, Where Are Your Kids Tonight, which features John Grant. And the lyrics feature also Robbie Williams. And there had been talk on the, the internet. Uh, would Robbie Williams notice this maybe? And would he give her a shout out at some point? Or, sure, Robbie Williams is busy. He's touring the world at the moment himself. He'll hardly have time. But Robbie Williams on Instagram gave a shout out to our very own Kira Mary Alice Thompson, a.k.a. CMAT. Favourite song right now. It's called Where Are Your Children? And it's by CMAT. C-M-A-T featuring John Grant and it's a beautiful song song of the year and little did I know that C-Mat references me in one of her songs which I found thrilling I'm a new fan and I'm totally in Robbie Williams is a new fan there yes it was an earlier song um, that she mentioned Robbie Williams so uh, not the current signal Lonely is the song he's mentioned in she's not lonely anymore when she's got Robbie Williams as a fan um, so the, the papers, as you can imagine, this morning are all about support for the girls in green. The World Cup is uh, kicking off as we speak in Australia, New Zealand. 11 o'clock, that's the time on your watches. You'll know about it at, at this stage. Manawesome is the, the headline, the back page there of the Irish Daily Star. Just go for it, says the Irish Daily Mail. High of the Tigers is the Irish Sun. Vera, we go. So nervous times for, for us when there's a World Cup, of course, we do get... Uh, always slightly, always slightly worried, don't we, for that we hope it all works out for them because the favourites, of course, the roaring favourites are the Americans and the English uh, who won the European Championships there only recently, the Lionesses. But the girls in green are up and running and we're going to start this morning with Sweet Lemon Day who's a South African-born Irish rapper, hip-hop, R&B, Young Soul. She, provides, she has written a song and, well, it's an energetic World Cup tune, is how it's been described. Turn the World is the official feature to track Orty's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Come on, Ireland. Come on, we can do this. 51551 is the text number. Come on and good morning. It's time for my nation to see me shine. Getting down to the baseline. Kicking it like we run this town. Where's our crown? It's time for my nation to see me shine. Getting down to the baseline. Kicking Turn the world round, shut the show down. I've been spinning, couldn't slow down. On the road now. Turn the world round, shut the show down. I've been spinning, couldn't slow down. On the road now. That's um, Sweet Lemon Day there. That is our official Orchy tune for the World Cup. So come on, the girls in green. 51551, that's the text number. A lot of fans of Harry Clark. Um, on the on the show this morning, I'm proud to say we've some Harry Clark here. These are the stained glass windows in Gory, uh, says Malcolm Rowe. Good morning to you, Harry Clark. Windows also in Rockwell College, Mount Mallory, and in Dingle. And um, oh yeah, so this is the Geneva window we're talking about. His most famous work It was commissioned by the Irish Free State at the beginning. It was turned down as being too sexy. Oh yeah, because there was kind of a bit of nudity on it, wasn't there? Sadly, it was lost to Ireland forever. Then an American collector bought it. It's now, as he said, exhibited in a museum in Miami. A beautiful piece of work in stained glass. Portrayal of figures of men and women 
our exquisitely beautiful, terrible lost to Ireland and one of Ireland's greatest artists, censorship, says Suzanne McDougall, who's uh, very upset about it this morning. Uh, Harry Clark got around the place, didn't he, for a fellow who, who passed away at 41. And we, yes, we mentioned the Norwegian weather app, Why Or. Why Or is a Norwegian word meaning drizzle. Aha, uh-huh, you see, we're not just the greyest, dampest place. There's also, uh, so Why Or is drizzle pronounced weir. I presume it's some kind of Norwegian thing. Uh, that area in the north part of Dublin you refer to uh, is spelled fizbra. Um, is <laughs> completely lost. Someone will have to explain that to me after the break. Uh, if you haven't been to an agricultural show in Ireland, in rural Ireland, or, you know, vintage shows, vintage thrashing, um, livestock shows, all that sort of thing. It happens throughout the month of August. We're going to be talking a bit about it after the break. So you haven't lived, you haven't been to one, and we're going to convince you to go to one after these. And you're welcome back. Some lovely texts coming in on the agricultural shows. Cross Malina Agricultural Show is back this year. It's not been on since 2018. It's our 65th show. It's happening on the 29th of July. So that's um, uh, the weekend after next. Great excitement in the town. Hop Mayo, I suppose. Uh, Ballon Robe Agriculture Show 1975. We're going back. My two pet goats swept the floorboards, winning Pets Corner. Congratulations. And the red rosette was unfortunately eaten by the said goats on the way home, says Anne, with her memories of... Ballon Robe Agriculture Show and someone's saying please mention the Ossery Agricultural and Truck Show which is happening this uh, Sunday the 23rd in Rathdowney and uh, Tinnahili Agriculture Show in Southwick closed the August Bank Holiday Monday fantastic day out for the family with something for everyone volunteers being the backbone of all of the agricultural shows across the country says Ellen irishshows.org of course and someone says I relocated to Wexford only three years ago and this year attended the Gory Show I loved it the sense of community was palpable everybody knew someone and uh, there's also someone has a memory here of going to the spring show every year which was in the RDS in Dublin and they had everything from animals to craft and food it was a fantastic event each year says Claire it doesn't happen anymore I don't know why but precisely because the because the uh, Dublin horse show does all the business for them and, and the ploughing of course took over and hundreds of thousands of people go to that in late September uh, I remember going to the spring show myself and seeing the world's biggest lasagna actually which was probably the most <laughs> The most uh, very strong visceral memories of that appalling uh, cheesy smell in the middle of the audience, open to the open to the air and everything. It was the eighties after all, and going, mother, what is this awful red thing? That was the start of the lasagna arriving into Ireland. Remember, but the Irish mammies were under attack from the lasagna, and they started putting carrots into it or serving potatoes on the side of the lasagna. Lots of love coming in for the agricultural shows. Um, actually, we speak before that because uh, speaking of celebrity spotting, because um, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas are down in Limerick. Gordon Ramsay was spotted in Galway on Tuesday night and I hope he's listening to the show, especially Annette Sweeney there from TU Dublin in Tala who's talking about the mindful kitchen. Yes, very, very close. Very, very on the on the money there. Uh, back to the shows. When I was nine, I was highly commended for my cross-stitch of a clown at the Dundalk show years ago when it was in Bellingham Castle. A great day out. Happy memories for this townie. I even won a few pounds for my efforts. I haven't picked up the needle uh, ever since, but maybe this year I'll make a comeback at another show, says Anya Feeney in Dundalk. Well, now is your chance. Now is your chance. Irishshows.org. Get around the, get around the place. And uh, it is amazing, those memories, that you win something, you get a bit of encouragement. You see, the encouragement versus um, the, the negative environment that was in the kitchens that Annette is trying to change there. So no matter what you're at. Hello, the Virginia show is celebrating its 80th show this year 23rd of August lots for all including the Bailey's Cow Competition Home Industries which is all your your jam making and your buns and so on cattle, sheep, horses poultry, dogs loads more we've some people coming with memories of the very first show wow 
and uh, well done on the shows there this morning. Um, talking to Ray Brady there after, and he's after milking the cows with a cup of coffee. So it's, uh, Donald, uh, Donald Brady. Thank you very much for your service, sir. It's what we should say to farmers in Ireland. You know, the Americans do it to troops. Thank you for your service because, like, you know, it's a, it's a hard graft all year round. Uh, good morning. Back in the 1980s, I sat at the UCD exams in the RDS after the spring show. The smell of shite was awful and also memorable, says uh, Janet, who has different memories. That's very much a city perspective of what has gone on there. Still, you still get that smell now in the, the horse show. I remember being at the Orty launch last year and we walked by a few sheds and it was just piled up with the horse shite from, and we, little did we know there was, there was, there was an omen in there somewhere. Oliver, the National Steam Rally. Oh, this sounds, this is sound radically different. The National Steam Rally is held in Strad Valley, County Leash. The same size as the Electric Picnic. Different audience though, yes. Uh, there's Bank Holiday August weekend. Steam engines, steam train rides, vintage display, auto jumble, etc. That's from Pauline Flanagan in Port Leash. Uh, that's uh, for the steampunk people who are into that kind of literary fiction would really enjoy that. Uh, the Bolly, Bonnie Conlon show, second biggest show in the country on the August Monday bank holiday weekend. Now, a lot of people vying for that. Tullamore versus Balmoral. The Virginia show is also very big as well. And some people, uh, this text is very, uh, very happy the high, for the highlighting of the agricultural shows. Um, the Moat Show, is that 180 Moat Show? Is that what it's fully called or is it just a, uh, it's a Moat Show anyway, is taking place on the 27th of August, says Marion Kearney. Not to be confused with the Moat Show before they bypassed the town and it was just like cars and machines just parked in the town for years and years and end. We'll take a tune of Eve Time. That's keen, sounding very U2-ish around the Octung Baby album, I think you'll find. Um, oh, we're back to the weather apps. Yes, I had an outdoor wedding in Dunmore House Hotel near Clannacilty last weekend. The groomsman checked Met Aaron. I scrolled through yor.no. It dawned on me, just look up. Black clouds left, blue to the right, far more accurate than the app. That's the thing we actually forget to actually look outside to which way the wind is blowing as it's on its way. The blue skies prevailed and they all lived happily ever after, says Rosemary Hartigan, who's a celebrant. Big up to the celebrants out there. They're the hard-working people this time of the year, especially July, August peak season. Uh, great to hear about the Harry Clark Project, the museum coming from Parnell Square. We hope, what an absolute artist, genius, how lucky we are in Ireland that some of his best works on view. Any possibility the Wolfsonian could be persuaded to loan us the wonderful Geneva window? What a loss and a bad decision by the Irish state not to accept it for display. Joy unconfirmed that this proposal is becoming a reality. D, you've given them an excellent idea. Harry Clark and Irish agricultural shows together at last on the show but that's all we have time for this morning Philip Boucher Hayes is next that's it for Thursday we'll be back again tomorrow Friday Slan